welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. Well, good morning. I hope you're well. It's my privilege this morning to continue our series on the redemptive names of God. Now, it's basically a series which looks at very important attributes of God. God in his infinite power and wisdom and majesty has many important attributes. And some of these attributes have been given names to try to describe them. Now, it's not that God has a personality disorder. He doesn't have lots of names because it's a bit weird. It's just like, like us, he is known in different ways for various roles. Like, for instance, for some people, I am a mate. To others, I'm a friend. To others, uh, I'm a teammate. To my children, my dad. To my wife, I am a hunk of hunk of burning love. <laughs> you find that hard to believe? Gee. I would have thought my wife would have said amen to that, but that's okay. Still, to others, I'm just uh, an absolute pain in the neck. And of, thank you, amen. And of course, I'm not referring to my students at all. Oh, that, that didn't come to mind. But just like we're known to different people in different ways, God because of his attributes, is known to different people in different ways as well. And that's been the focus of our series, the names of God. Now, one of the incredible things about his names is this, that they show how much God caters for all of our needs. If you've ever, ever needed direction, shepherding, a bit of instruction here and there, guess what? God is known as Jehovah Ra, Jehovah our shepherd. Who remembers that? How good is that? If anybody ever here needed provision of some sort, and I'm sure that's all of us, and I can put my hand up to that, God is known as Jehovah Jireh, a God who provides. Something else? Anyone here ever needed peace? Man, I know I do. I need it all the time. And that Jeff wonderfully last week spoke about how God is Jehovah Shalom, the God who provides peace. This morning, it's my privilege to continue. Oh, there was one more, sorry. There was one more. For anybody who's ever felt a little bit alone, a bit of solitude, a bit of loneliness, if you felt like, oh man, I'm just, there's no one here with me or for me, we've learned that God is also known as Jehovah Shema. God is there. God is with us. Or like I to remember Jehovah Shamwow, because he's omnipresent. I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty powerful. But uh, that's how I just, I remember things like that. Now this morning, I'm bringing you another name of God, and that's this one. Now these are all in, uh, in Hebrew, because that's what his early followers spoke. And this one's this, Jehovah Rapha. Rapha, as in the tennis player, yes. Jehovah Rapha. Now, Jehovah Rapha means this, the God who heals. God who heals. I love this one. This one's powerful. Now, I know that healing is a contentious issue. Uh, people have very opposing views on it. There are basically, I think, three camps. Those that don't believe in healing, it doesn't happen anymore. You know, those old cessationists. There are people who believe it should happen all the time. And if you don't, there's something wrong with you. And that they expect God. You know, we said, your, your word says this, so God, you've got to do this. I don't know. There are other people that are a bit apathetic about it as well. We say, well, maybe he heals, maybe he doesn't. I don't want to bother him. Now, I don't subscribe to any of those three. But what I do subscribe to, what I want to bring to you this morning, is what the Word of God says about God being our healer. 
let's focus on what the Word of God says and let allow that to inspire us and lead us. Now, one of the things that I believe the Word of God says about God being our healer, um, we're going to find in Exodus 15, that's going to be our main text this morning, Exodus 15, verses 25 and 26. So if you've got your Bibles, please turn to it. If you don't, it'll be up on the screen. Exodus 15, 25 simply says this. Then Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He threw it into the water, and the water became sweet. There the Lord made a decree and a law for them, and there he tested them. He said, if you listen carefully to the voice of the Lord, your God, and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Based on this text, I have to tell you that I, as well as many other people and many other leaders in this church, unapologetically, categorically, totally and comprehensively and unashamedly believe in a God who heals. God heals today. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He wrote this many, many years ago. However, God heals today just like he healed back then. We totally, totally believe in that. I believe in that because of what the Word of God says. I believe in that because the Bible is infallible. There's an infallible Word of God, and it tells us over and over again that God is a God that heals. And I totally, I'm so convinced of that. I also believe it because one of the interesting things about Jehovah Rapha is that it's one of the few names that God actually gives himself. He actually said, I am the Lord who heals. All the other names were names that were given to him by people. Oh, God provided for me. Oh, Jehovah Jireh. God gave me peace. Oh, Jehovah Shalom. But this one, God himself is giving himself this title. And God does not lie. It is impossible for God to lie. And if he says that he is the God who heals, he is the God who heals. And he will heal. Because that's who he, who he claims to be and what he claims to do. So that's why I believe that God heals today. Another reason why I believe that God heals today is because of Jesus' ministry. Jesus, being God himself, coming down to teach us about the kingdom of God, we find that he did many, many healings as part of his ministry. In Matthew 4, 23, I just want to read this account. It says this, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. Every disease and sickness among the people. That is very, very awesome, I think. News about him spread all over Syria and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases. And I like this in particular. This covers just about every range. Those having severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, and the paralyzed, and he healed them. Basically, what did Jesus heal? Everything. Doesn't matter how big or small, Jesus healed it. And what I find interesting about this is that it's very early on in the chapter of Matthew, when Jesus' ministry begins to get described as to what he did. And it says that he came to preach and to heal. Preach and heal. Healing is very much a part of God's ministry. And it's important for us to realize that. So that's why I know that God heals. And God is here this morning to heal. 
I believe that every message should have a demonstration of God's power. But I believe in particular, a message like this, in which we are talking about the God who heals, needs to be accompanied by a demonstration of God's power. And I believe that this morning, God is here in his power to set many, many people free. I, um, there's another reason, and this is the main reason, and I'm going to take a bit of a leap of faith here. Um, another reason why I believe that God heals this morning, I'm so thoroughly convinced of it, it's because of the times in my life, my testimonies, of when God has healed me and those around me. There's been many. And I also know that many of you have received and experienced God's healing power, either physical, emotional, spiritual, whatever it may be. And here's where my leap of faith comes in. I'm going to ask you this morning, as just a way of simple illustration, I want to ask you this morning, if you have ever experienced God's healing power, or if you've ever known God's healing power to have touched anybody that you know in your lives, ever, I'm going to ask you to stand up. Come on, proudly, stand up. Take a look around. Take a look around, and let's give the Lord a shout and a clap. Come on, look at that. Look at that. I actually can't see many people sitting down. That's awesome. That's incredible. God bless you. Sit down. Thank you for your courage. That's why I know that God heals. That's why I'm thoroughly convinced, and that's why I am so thoroughly convinced that God is here to heal this morning. Now, one of the problems with healing is that God doesn't always heal the way that we want him to heal. Pete very wonderfully put it a couple of weeks ago about God's providence in our trials and the way he the way he moves and acts. You know, sometimes, as Pete said, he will take us through, he will take us out, or he will take us home. Either way, we won't be disappointed. I love that thing that he said at the end. We won't be disappointed because at the end, God's will will be done. So that's the problem. So we need to know that, yes, God heals, but we need to also know that God heals his way, not necessarily the way we want to be healed. We need to remember that. That's why there's so many people that another thing that I don't agree with when people say, oh, you know, you, you didn't get physically healed uh, because, you know, you didn't pray hard enough or you didn't pray the right way or you lacked faith. Now, that's, if anyone's ever said that to you, disregard it because it's just heresy. It's not true. It's too simple to be true. We don't know. Here's, here's something deeply theological for you. Why God doesn't heal the way we want him to heal, we don't know. Ultimately, we don't know. I've had family members that I've prayed for and poured my heart over and they've died. Now, as, despite the pain of that, I know that God will have his way and one day I'll understand why that happened. I know that because God heals and those people who have passed on are more healed today, right now, worshiping God in their wholeness than what I am now. And they wouldn't want to come back for anything. So I know that God heals. And if, you ever, if you've ever told anybody that God didn't heal you because, you know, of your lack of faith or whatever, then repent for your heresy because that's just not true. Um, so it's very unhelpful. So what's helpful, I believe, and what we're going to be focusing on this morning is Scripture. Let's have a look at what Scripture says about God being our healer, and uh, I think that's what's going to be really helpful. So what I thought we'll do is just to look at accounts of when God healed, when Jesus healed throughout his ministry, and look at perhaps what were some of the conduits that caused God's healing power to come through. Look at why perhaps God healed during those times. So one of the things that in this verse, in, in uh, Exodus 15, that I definitely see is this. 
when God heals, when God reveals himself as Jehovah Rapha, there needs to be faith. You have to come before God with faith. The scripture tells us that he, uh, he said, if you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes. Now that speaks to me of faith. We need to obey God and say, okay, God, you say so, I'll do it. And we walk it out in faith. And faith is being certain of what we hope for. Faith is knowing, knowing that God will provide, that God is there. doesn't matter how insurmountable the odds. Now, I did say that often faith is present. And I say that deliberately because I have to be honest, I have prayed for things with what I would consider great faith, enormous faith. And it just hasn't happened. Other times I've prayed with very little faith. Almost out of compulsion. I was, yeah, okay, Lord. Do it, all right. The word says you do it, so you do it. And he's come through. He's just blown my mind. You know? So don't let anyone tell you that. Oh, it's the quality of your faith. I don't know. My Bible tells me if my faith is as big as a mustard seed, this little thing can move mountains. All right? So look, yes, we need faith. Yes, we do, but let's understand that God's providence is going to prevail at the end. You know, like, I'll give you an example. I think I've told this story before, I don't know. Um, you know, you, we had a home group a while ago, and uh, one of my home group members, um, you know, at the end of the home group, wanted to pray for different needs. <laughs> different needs, all right? And so people were saying, oh, yes, uh, my so-and-so who's really sick, and I've got this financial thing, and I've got this relational other, and this and that. And this other person stands up, and she, and she goes, yes, I, I have a dying frog that I would like prayer for. <laughs> and I just, uh, I laughed, because I thought that she can't be serious. But I saw her, and she was just like, yes, I'm serious. I, my frog needs prayer. And then I got indignant. I thought, fuck, could you waste our time in home? We pray for important things here. We don't pray for frogs, you know? And then and I just, I went from anger to, to just uh, thinking it was funny. And I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. But then there was one man of faith in our home group. And he goes, I'll pray for the frog. And that was my reaction. I'm like, are you kidding? You're kidding. And he goes, no, no, I'll pray for the frog. You know? And I said, oh, that's sweet. And, uh, and uh, anyway, so we've gone, all right, you know, let's, we'll go around the circle. And everyone's praying for the very important things. And then we get to this bloke, and uh, he starts uh, praying for this frog. And starts re- rebuking the spirit of death upon this frog. And, you know, in the name of Jesus, you know, be made whole, be made healed. Because uh, that, that frog had been taken to the vet. I didn't even realize you could take frogs to vets. I didn't think they, they bothered with frogs, but apparently they do. And the vet was saying, sorry, uh, that, that frog uh, has got this disease. I don't even know what it was. And it will die tomorrow. And this woman was destroyed over this frog. And so they're all getting together, praying over this frog, rebuking the spirit of death over this frog. I'm in the corner killing myself laughing and then wanting to kill my hunger of being so, I don't know, irrational and then laughing again. Anyway, the night finished. Guess what happened the following day? This is four years ago. The frog lived. <laughs> Confounded the vets. The frog lived and it's still alive. Jehovah Rapha, even for frogs. You just gave yourself away. (laughs) Try to keep you incognito. When we approach Jehovah Rapha, we need to approach him with faith. And don't allow anyone to judge your faith. Like I judged my friend's faith that night. 
Even if it's important, even if it's big or small, it doesn't matter. God will honor your faith. Now, this man asked in faith. This man had great faith. Later, I found out that this man was actually quite well known in his hometown for going around and praying for dying animals because those animals that were dying were actually very, very important to the farmers. So he had his anointing. It was amazing. And thanks to him, the frog didn't croak it. And uh, he just kept going. And uh, what? <laughs> and and because um, he, he, prayed, he prayed with faith. Sorry, don't throw anything at me. It was there. I had to use it. Um, and uh, he, he prayed with faith. Like I said, it doesn't matter how insurmountable the odds may be. It doesn't matter what may be against you. It doesn't matter what the facts may be. We need to rest assured in the knowledge that the truth is that we have a God who reigns over every fact. It doesn't matter how serious, how dire the facts may be. We have an awesome God who reigns supreme over those facts and he can break through with his healing power. So if there's something in your heart here this morning, let me encourage you that your faith can move that mountain of sickness, whatever it may be, whatever that may be. There's another example in um, Matthew 8, 8, 10. It's the story of the, most of you would know, the faith of the centurion. Um, and I love this story. I actually love this story. I think we could do a year series on this. I think it's awesome. But I just want to focus on this one bit here. I just want to read it with you. It says, um, the centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. But just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes. And that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. And he said to those following him, truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. And we know the end of the story. That man's servant was healed. Faith pleases God. That's why we need to ask with faith. In fact, the Bible tells us that without faith, it is impossible to please God. For the greater our faith, the greater our ability to please God. So let's approach him with faith. Let's approach him knowing it doesn't matter what the past may be. It doesn't matter how difficult the situation may be. It doesn't matter what you might have seen or heard or been told. Approach God, Jehovah Rapha, for your healing, full of faith. Full of faith. Now what stands out to me about this, and I think one of the things that really pleased Jesus about the faith of the centurion was this. He said to him, look, you don't even have to come into my house. Look, I'm a man of authority. I'm a man of authority. I tell people to do what I want them to do and they do it. Now I recognize your authority, Jesus. I know who you are. And I know that all you need to do is just to give the word and that sickness is gonna be gone from that body. I know that. Do you recognize Jesus' authority in the same way? Do you have that same faith? Whatever that situation may be, whatever it may be, do you recognize, do you know, do you truly know do you have the faith that's going to please God in that way? Do you truly know that no matter what it is, Jesus has authority over it? Jesus has authority over it. Not you, not the doctors, not the circumstances, but only Jesus. Do you know, like the centurion knew, that all that Jesus has to do is to give the word and that thing is going to be gone? Do you know that? That kind of faith pleases God. So when we approach Jehovah Rapha, let's do it full of faith, filled with faith, knowing that God will provide and that without our faith, it's going to be impossible to please him. 
And that's one of the many times that God reveals himself when there is strong evidence of, of really genuine faith. Something else that we find in this scripture in Exodus 15, I believe, is when we ask God, when we come before him, we need to seek him with humility. I think that's crucial as well. Yes, full of faith, but we need to remain humble before our great and living God. It says, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, that to me speaks of humility. Like, God, you know best. My commands, my thoughts, what I believe should happen, they're not important. Lord, this is what you've said to do and I will do it because you are God and I am not. I think we need to walk humbly before our God. And we know hum- being humble means to not think more of ourselves than we ought to, but just to put him in, in, in the right place and therefore ask him and seek him with the right reference and the right respect and the right humility because ultimately it's up to him. That's how he likes it. He's, he's a father. He's our heavenly father. Look, I hate it when my children don't ask me for things the right way. We're, le- we're teaching them how to do that. <laughs> the, the, the other day, we, I like to make a big breakfast for them sometimes, but I like to cook alone in my kitchen. I don't like anyone coming into that kitchen. They love coming into the kitchen while I'm cooking to make a mess. I don't like them to do that. So I've told them, don't come into the kitchen when I'm cooking. The little deviants. They've all, they've all got a little personality, <laughs> and they all try to do it in, in, in the wrong way. Like, my boy plays mind games with me. He's up to, the, up to the door and he says, Dad, we haven't spent much time together lately. We need to spend time together. He's six going on 50. You know? And I'm there, out! You're not coming in! Your little sister who's just violent just comes in. You know, Where's my breakfast? I'm hungry! Out! But I'm hungry! And we get into this. And she, just, she just comes in just demanding to eat. The little one, I kid you not, the little one, she's the biggest little deviant. The other day, she grabs one of her toys. She knows she's not allowed to go in the kitchen. That's what she does. One of the toys goes up to the door, right, throws her toy into the kitchen, <laughs> past me, and just waltzes in. I'm cleaning up after myself. <laughs> I'm picking up my toys. Like, oh, while well, I'm here, you know, it's like, oh, my goodness. Do you think any of them please me? No, they're funny now, but I want to kill him at the time. How many of us don't do that though? How many of us just go, get before God and you know, we shake our fists? You know, or we try to manipulate God. You know, I'll go after all I've done for you. Or we try emotional blackmail on God. You know, after all I've been through, oh God. You know, we laugh at that, but we do the same with our Heavenly Father, I believe. Now, I believe that, yes, we need to come before God full of faith. But we also need to remember our position. Remember our fallen position. Remember that really, truly, yes, we have this incredible position in God because of what Christ has done, but really our condition. Our condition really disqualifies us from any blessing whatsoever. So we just got to come before God and go, God, I know you can do it. I know you're powerful. I know that Christ is in me. And just and, and ask God with our strength and, and with, with, with petitioning with it, with, from the heart. But I just got to remember that, that level of humility before our living God. I think, I think that's absolutely crucial. So let's not think more of ourselves than we ought to. I think the moment that we begin to believe that we actually deserve that blessing, I think we're on, we're on thin ice. I just, I, if, if, if you're waiting for that blessing, breakthrough, whatever it might be, and you, and you actually believe that you deserve it, be careful. Be careful. I, just, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go there. I wouldn't contemplate that. 
I really, really wouldn't. Be careful. Don't, be careful asking God to give you what, what you deserve because he just may. And uh, you don't want that. Trust me. Trust me, you don't. Um, you know, we rely on his grace and his providence and his love, and that's what we need to come to him with. So we, yes, full of faith, full of passion, full of desire, and boldness, even boldness. The Bible tells us to come before him bolder, but bolder doesn't mean screaming, shaking our fists, you know, being full of pride. It means with strength, yet with reverence and respect, because he's our heavenly father. We need to ask him appropriately. An example of this, an incredible example of this is in Mark seven twenty five. Um, now, again, most of you would know this story, but I just want to draw uh, the, the importance of humility when we're seeking God for our blessing and our healing and our breakthrough. Um, it says this, A woman whose little daughter was possessed by an impure spirit came and fell at his feet. The woman was, a Greek, was Greek, born of Syrophoenician. She begged Jesus to drive the demon out of her daughter. First, let the children eat all they want, he told her. How mean of Jesus. Nasty Jesus. This woman comes in, and, you know, and she wants the healing, you know, this desperate healing. And what does Jesus say? It's a test. He says to her, first let the children eat all they want, he told her. For it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. What a nasty reply. How do I reckon that woman would have felt? I reckon if it would have been most of us, you know, she would have either reacted violently, you know, got annoyed, walked out. Who are you to talk to me like that? How dare you? How she didn't do any of those things because she recognized who he was. And this is her incredible, awesome response. She replied, but even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. And then he told her, and this is the crucial part, for such a reply, you may go. The demon has left your daughter. For such a reply, for such a humble reply, for knowing who she was, for passing that test of humility, because humility pleases God. She could have, I think she would have been well within her right to react, but most of us would have reacted. But she was desperate for her need. She, her need, she recognized who Jesus was. She understood who he was, and she chose the low road. She chose humility. She chose not to react, but she chose humility in the pursuit of her healing. Now, that's why humility pleases God. So when we approach Jehovah Rapha, when we approach him for that, for God as our healer, let's do it with a certain level of humility. Let's know his place. Humility puts him in his place, and in his high, exalted place, and puts us where we belong, way, way below him. Humility says, you're awesome, you know, I'm not so awesome. You're king, I'm, I'm your servant. You're the healer, you can do anything, and Lord, it's entirely up to you. We need to remember to come before him, full of faith, but also filled, filled with humility. Something else that I believe we see in Exodus 15 is uh, that God intervenes as a healer through intercession. This is vitally, vitally important. When you intercede for people, you open the way, you open the floodgate for God, Jehovah Rapha, to be able to come and demonstrate his incredible healing power. This to me, it says here, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians. Now, this is a result of Moses having been obedient and throwing that stick in the water, if you remember the story at the beginning. 
because of Moses' actions, and they were all precipitated by the fact that it says that Moses cried out to the Lord. Moses cried out to the Lord on behalf of his people. And God came and intervened. Intercession opens the way for God to reveal himself as the incredible healer that he is. As a, as a, as a school teacher, I teach Bible studies. One of my biggest privileges is to be able to pray and intercede for people. And I try to do it in a cunning way because uh, a lot of our students aren't Christians and they would be threatened by it. So I actually ask them to, uh, and this is something that I do habitually, I ask them to write down prayer requests. Uh, whatever that prayer request may be. And then it can be anonymous and they just give me a little note and then they give me their notes and I go away and pray about it. And I've had incredible results, incredible results for, for people who aren't Christians, who aren't Christians. God has come and honored intercession. It's been absolutely awesome. A few years ago, um, you know, and I even forget what I prayed for, and this kid came up to me and goes, oh, Mr. Vega, I don't know if you've been praying for me, but I just want to tell you something. And he actually said it in front of the whole class because I asked if there were any testimony. He's actually unsaved, rough as anything kid. He's actually put his hand up and goes, well, Mr. Vega, I want, to, I want to tell you that for the first time in years, I've gone a week without taking drugs. Intercession. Intercession. Jehovah Rapha breaking through, through intercession. Now, all he would have done was just gone, you know, oh, I, want, I want to give up the dope, you know? And, uh, and it's just, God, God's amazing power. That day, I saw this girl, and she was depressed as, and uh, I'm like, what's the matter? And she was telling me about how she, she sees demons and things in her, in her bedroom, unsaved, not a Christian, and I didn't want to freak her out. I knew exactly what she was talking about. So I said to her, do you want to pray for you? She said, oh, all right. And I didn't, didn't go off. I like I could have, all I did, all I simply did was, um, in, in the name of Jesus, I just claimed as, this girl as your, as your daughter, and uh, I just command any spiritual oppression to be gone from this girl's life right now. Amen. That's all I said to her. You don't have to scream the place down. You have to, I just, that's all I said. I didn't want to scare her either. Go up to him then the following week. I'm there, hey, how you doing? She goes, yeah, pretty good. I haven't had any nightmares, any dreams. I've seen nothing in my bedroom for the last six, seven days. Intercession. God honors intercession. And I could stand here telling you small and large testimonies like that over and over again because God honors people who intercede for others. So if you have someone in your heart, go for it. Just go for it. Don't hold back. Don't hold back because God does incredible things. So I think intercession is one of the most incredible privileges that we have as Christians. That we can uphold our mothers, our brothers, our sisters, our friends, our colleagues, our children, everyone that we know for intercession before God. Or we can uphold them for their, for their healing, for their deliverance, for their salvation, for their strength, for whatever it might be. We can intercede for them. It's an incredible privilege that God actually asks us and invites us to, hey, come on, this is what I want from you. I want you to pray for your brothers and sisters and I will come through as the Jehovah Rapha that I am. In Matthew 9, 18, we see an incredible, incredible um, testimony, scriptural testimony of um, intercessory power. We read, um, a synagogue leader came and knelt before him and said, my daughter has just died. This is coming before Jesus. But come and put your hand on her and she will live. Jesus got up and went to him and so did his disciples. Just reading on, when Jesus entered the synagogue leader's house and saw the noisy crowd and people playing pipes, he said, go away. The girl is not dead, but asleep. They laughed at him. 
that's going to this is, I think this is funny. Let me picture it. They're playing pipes, right, and mourning over this girl's death. You know, that, that, that's, that's their funeral. Going, Jesus says, well, hang on. Oh, she's not dead, she's alive. And he says that they break into laughter. They're mourning like, like Jesus speaks, you go, you go no, 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 she's dead, she's dead. Come on, what are you talking about? She's dead. That's how silly that thought Jesus was being. They went from mourning to laughing at him. Thinking, Come on, you've been ridiculous. Just let us mourn. But as we read on, it says, after the crowd had been put outside for laughing at Jesus and for being silly, he went in and took the girl by the hand and she got up. Just held her hand and she got up. This would not have happened. This girl didn't seek her own healing. This girl wasn't able to come before Jesus. This girl was brought to Jesus by the prayers and the petitions of her father. Intercession works. Intercessory prayer is powerful. When we come before Jehovah Rapha, let's also do it with our intercessions. It demonstrates to God who we really care for. Uh, demonstrates to God, are we really serious about what we say? Are we really here for the Lord? Are we really here for other people? If we say, God, yes, build your kingdom, establish your kingdom, save, if we say we believe all that, but we're not praying for people, we're not interceding, we can't be bothered going to a prayer meeting. If that's the case, are we really that serious about having God's heart? Are we really that serious about building his kingdom if we're not interceding corporately and individually? How often are we bringing people before Jehovah Rapha? It's important. Our children, our, our wives. Our, one of the things that I always say to people when I just have a chat and, and trying to help out is, guys, you've got to pray together. As wives and husbands, you've got to pray together. You've got to pray for your children. You've got to pray for your friend. You've got to pray for, pray for your situation. And you don't have to have three-hour prayer meetings. God honors a heart. God honors you know, just, just you being able to come before God and interceding. So we're looking at the times that God reveals himself as Jehovah Rapha. And this is an incredible time where we can intercede for people and we can see great results because God honors, honors that. I'm going to jump around a little bit. There's other, other things, I won't, I won't go into them, but there are other things that precipitate, that act as conduits of God's incredible healing power. You know, acts of obedience, just being obedient before God. You know, just heaps of testimonies in, in, in the New in the Bible, when it talks about God, Jesus saying, your, your sins are forgiven. Go and sin no more. Go, go turn away from your life. I think that's an incredible, an incredible opportunity to receive God as our healer when we repent and we, uh, and, and we, and we just act, obey God. Other times when God can come and, and, and heal us um, through repentance, and here's one, here's, here's a, here's a, just God's providence. I've seen it so many times that God has just come and healed somebody just because he wants to heal them. And, and one of the things that um, we're talking in, in our connect group this week, we're talking about times in our life when God has just come and it's just like, he's just rescued us, saved our very lives. And we didn't know about it. Until, we didn't realize that, that was him until, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. When we look back and we realize, God, you, it was because of you. You saved me. You healed me. You provided in that situation. So that's, another, that's, that's the ultimate one. God, just by providence, he'll just say, yeah, I'll do that. I'll get involved in that. I'll heal that person. And uh, I'll do this in that person's life. It's an incredible attribute of our incredible God. He's many, many things. And this is one other incredible attribute of our living God. He's our God who heals us. 
He is a God who has called himself a healer. And I tell you, when we exercise faith, when we come before him humbly, when we come before him interceding for other people, I tell you, that they open heaven's gates for his incredible providence to break through. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. Really think um, it's time to pray now. Um, Jehovah Rapha, God heals. I think he certainly does. I'm also going to ask the, uh, the guys to get communion ready. I think it's a great time to, um, to celebrate God's incredible healing power. Um, there are many things that God heals, but there are three this morning that God has put in my heart. And uh, I simply want to pray for anybody here today um, who would like prayer to receive God as their healer. I'm going to ask you all to stand up this morning. Thanks, Sam. And I'm going to ask people to either just uh, indicate to God in your own way. You don't have to stick your hand up. You don't have to assume any position. Just close your eyes right now. Just come before God. Just come before God. Having heard of the times when and when God is able to break through as the healer that he is, just come before him right now. Put your hands up, get on your knees, cry out to him, whatever, whatever you want to do from where you are. And if you see anybody who you know is seeking God, but you're in a great place, you, you have no need of him as a healer, then get around those people. Pray with those people. I just want to encourage you that God heals, God heals hearts. God heals broken hearts. God heals hearts that have been abated, that have been insulted, that have been broken. God can heal your heart. If you're here this morning and you have a broken heart for whatever reason, for things being said over you, spoken into you because of situations, if your heart's broken because of your own actions or the actions of others, God can restore this morning and heal your heart because God heals hearts. There are some of you here that maybe your land needs healing. God heals hearts. God heals the land. We see so many examples in the Bible where God restores the land, where God breaks through and heals the land where people are at. Now, we might not be farmers in the need of rain, but you have a land, you have a workplace. You have a sphere of influence. You have friends. You have that club that you go to. You have that job that you go to. You have that situation, and maybe that situation, that place is completely devastated for whatever reason. There is angst and anger and there's no peace. And God, you feel that God is not there and you need God to be there. God can heal your land. So I encourage you this morning to seek Jehovah Rapha to come and restore the place where you live. To come and restore where, wherever it is that your feet will tread because God can do it. And finally, God can heal your body. God can heal your body. And He will heal your body if you come before Him. I thoroughly believe it. I can tell you unreservedly that God will heal your body. How He does it, I can't tell you. But I know that He will. So I encourage you this morning. doesn't matter how minor or how major you deem your physical need to be. God can heal that physical need this morning.
And I know that his power is going to break through. So before we take communion, I'm just going to ask you to close your eyes and allow me the privilege of pray for you this, this morning. And then we'll go into a time of communion. Heavenly Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for all that you are. And we thank you, Lord, that we get the opportunity to just spend some time into looking at your incredible attributes. And we thank you in particular this morning that we are able to focus on you as our healer, our God who heals. Father, we praise you and we honor you. We recognize you and we declare you healer over us. We declare you this morning healer of every broken heart. We declare you healer of every land that needs restoration. We declare you healer over every body that needs your healing touch right now. Irrespective of odds given, irrespective of seriousness by the issues that people face right now, I ask, oh God, that you would break through this morning and that you would touch, you would save, and you would heal, and you would deliver your people in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you, oh God, that because of what happened on the cross, we are able to come before you. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that because of that exchange that took place, we can come before you and do away with all of the work that the enemy has done in our lives, and we can proclaim freedom to the captives in Jesus' mighty name. So we proclaim the freedom, and we speak healing, 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 deliverance, healing, freedom in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen, and God bless.